If you're growing a business or just thinking about launching a startup, this is definitely the podcast for you. This is Fast Forward, brought to you by Tech Manchester. We support early stage tech focused businesses. Each week, we'll dive into the issues that we know keep entrepreneurs awake at night. We'll chat to experts who'll share their tips and advice on how to handle everything from raising finance, making your first hire, to getting your company noticed on social media or in the press. Running a business is a roller coaster. It's exhilarating, but it's pretty damn scary at times too. We're here to help you get your business off the ground and hopefully get a better night's sleep. It's hosted by me, Patricia Keating, Executive Director at Tech Manchester. Standing in a tin shed, waiting for the van to come. Oh, friend, have you seen where my golden tickets be? Welcome back to the Fast Forward podcast. Is the UK's startup economy under threat? The government has introduced measures to help SMEs, but is it enough? And where else can early stage founders turn for support in this extremely uncertain time? The UK Business Angels Association is backing a campaign for action called Save Our Startups so that we don't lose a generation of fledgling businesses to COVID-19. And their CEO, Jenny Tooth OBE, joins me today as co-host on this episode as we explore more about what can be done to help the next generation of businesses thrive. We're joined by Nick Bates, who manages a portfolio of businesses to find out how he's helping startups, what other angels are doing um, to help save small businesses and how potential investors can help. Um, Jenny, I am so delighted we are co-hosting. Great to be here again, Trish. Yeah, and thank you so much, Nick, for taking the time to to join us to share your expertise. You're very welcome, and good morning. Um, so, Jenny, do you want to kick things off? Um, this is this podcast is your brainchild, um, and I'm really <laughs> delighted to be part of it. No, it's great to have a conversation, and 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 as as Trish said, it's this is really great because we've got a a, a real live uh, business angel here with, with Nick. And I'm going to really start by um, asking you, Nick, really um, just a little bit about your your career background as a business person here in the north and how you got into angel investing. Okay, certainly, uh, Jenny. Well, uh, it really uh, went back. My uh, my career was very much uh, through the financial route. Uh, number of businesses starting in the manufacturing sector, uh, and that really developed uh, over uh, over the years to. Uh, a point where uh, I ended up uh, uh, as a co-founder of a, a business uh, in the it was an insurance software business, uh, and we uh, we effectively acquired that business uh, with my co-founders in the early two thousands, uh, and we very quickly built that up. Uh, myself acting as CFO uh, during that period, and we went through a number of stages, bringing investment on board. Uh, then actually floating the, the business, uh, undertaking a number of acquisitions, um, and then uh, in 2005 culminated in us uh, floating the business on the London AIM market, uh, before then uh, building, uh, doing another acquisition of another AIM business, and uh, finally selling out in a uh, public to private transaction to an American private equity house in 2008 for just short of 200 million. 
Great. Uh, so that was really the, uh, the the kind of the build and some of the experience that really came on board. And uh, uh, I always had that uh, that feel that I didn't want to always be twenty four seven in one business, and very much wanted to uh, to move into multiple businesses, a little bit more varied. And uh, the ultimate, uh, of course, for everybody, all entrepreneurs, is to try and also work that in with uh, some sort of uh, better lifestyle uh, opportunity as well. And that's really what took me to the NED uh, route. So that was a a really interesting start because you move now from kind of building and growing businesses to then kind of starting to sit on boards and give strategic advice and and how did you how did you find that first deal as an angel investor? What was the what was the trigger for you? Um, I, I guess it was really uh, everything that I uh, I probably got in terms of the original uh, deals that I got got involved in uh, beyond my executive uh, career came very much through my network. Uh, so people that I've met uh, started off through the doing a little bit of consulting uh, uh, over deal making. Uh, but what I found was that was probably not really where I wanted to go because everything came at once. And I wanted something that allowed me to probably move more into uh, more variety, a little bit more managed and something that I could also invest in myself uh, in order to, to very much uh, grow and create some longer term value. Uh, I was seeing all these businesses going through, consulting with them, getting those deals away. But then I felt uh, maybe I should, uh, should actually look at doing some of these myself. And that was very much then a case of uh, uh, stepping on the boards and then starting to invest in some opportunities, a look at, at uh, young opportunities that were that sort of opportunity. Great. Um, and just kind of looking now, because obviously, did you did you do your first deals or have you been mainly doing your deals um, and investments in small businesses that sort of reflect your own experience and background or have you gone into new sectors just a little bit of a flavor of your investment portfolio right now yeah sure uh, so uh, really in terms of sector uh, my uh, the, the the common theme throughout my sector is very much uh, technology uh, so technology and uh, ip uh, are very much the uh, the home uh, grounds for me whether it's software marketplace or, or uh, indeed platforms doesn't really um, uh, matter to me uh, in terms of whether that's in the financial services sector, manufacturing, retail, recruitment. Uh, my businesses that I've grown are actually in all of those sectors now. Uh, so I don't, I don't actually class the sector as being something that I really need to focus on. Uh, I can look at things and generally look at where do I think I can add some value to them and do I actually uh, believe in the team and the capability of that uh, that business to, to very much grow. And I think that's really exciting too, Nick, because as you say, it's about where, not just where you put your money, but where you think you can bring your experience and your contacts and, and really help to those businesses. And so yes. have you got um, maybe just, if you just give me like one example of a business that you've just, you know, been both put, put money in and, and helped to grow. Can you give me a bit of a, a feel? Yeah. So, so I guess in terms of my, my portfolio tends to split really into three uh, parts. Number one is where I'm active hands-on, as I would call it, in, in, uh, in businesses. And that's where I would generally be involved on an ongoing basis uh, uh, and uh, uh, often chairing uh, those businesses. 
Uh, I've probably had six of those uh, that I've uh, grown over the, the course of the last sort of uh, eight years or so. Uh, I've then also got some partial hands-on where I will dip in and out when requested by the boards. And then I have some investment only, which is where I've uh, kind of uh, pursued an opportunity sitting on the investment committee at, uh, at DSW. Uh, so between those sectors, the ones I've probably focused on are the ones where I'm active hands-on. Uh, and in there, of those six investments where I've probably done seven follow-ons, uh, I've also exited two of those businesses uh, during the course of the last sort of uh, six months. Uh, so maybe one of those would be a good example uh, to give uh, where whether it was the listed business that I uh, chaired a business called NASTAR PLC, uh, got involved in that business when it was very small uh, in uh, in. Uh, number what six years ago uh, and that business was a name business revenue two million uh, loss making business and uh, effectively got introduced to that business and we talked about how do we make that meaningful how do we grow that business into something that uh, that really uh, will have some value and uh, have uh, obviously an exit further down track uh, we took that business uh, invested uh, in three acquisitions with that business over the course of uh, the first three years uh, that uh, that we took that and we grew that business then over six years um, uh, before we uh, we exited it uh, in December January uh, just uh, just gone we exited that for uh, for about 80 million uh, so uh, hopefully that was the sort of journey that the shareholders uh, liked enjoyed and gave value back to everybody uh, through a pretty exciting six-year journey uh, and that's actually a great story there, um, because that's about how you you saw the opportunity, you built it, you grew it, you really helped the entrepreneurs. They actually then had an amazingly successful outcome, and you as an investor also really had that great outcome. So what a what a really uh, yeah. good story of that angel deal. Um, I'm just going to hand over yeah. to, to Trish now. Yeah, I mean that sounds like okay. the panacea. That sounds like the panacea of uh, of angel investing, which is the perfect outcome for everybody. Um, but obviously, the yes. life, the 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 world that we're now living in, uh, Nick, is is incredibly different. These are such challenging times for angels uh, investing, and also the businesses that you're backing during this uh, COVID nineteen pandemic. Can you tell us a bit about how um, the current crisis has affected you and the the portfolio of businesses that are under your uh, under your wing? Yeah, sure. Uh, and I think, uh, like uh, most uh, other uh, uh, chairmen that I I've talked to over the uh, the last sort of four or five weeks, uh, I think we've we've probably all been doing exactly the same. We've been very busy over the last four weeks uh, reviewing our businesses, the stages that they're at. Uh, and as, as a result of COVID, really assessing the uh, the impact that COVID-19 can have, that across my uh, my businesses uh, has varied. Uh, we've got businesses that absolutely were in uh, high cash burn that were on the tipping point of increasing revenues, uh, where revenues have clearly uh, either slowed significantly or indeed ceased totally uh, in businesses that are focused to the retail uh, market. Of mm -hmm. course, the actions uh, across all of uh, those businesses were very much uh, upfront in the in the last sort of uh, three four weeks, actually assessing where we are, take the relevant actions, 
be decisive uh, over those actions, look at uh, beyond cost actions, look at what else do we need to do in terms of a couple of the businesses are probably going to need another uh, funding round to kind of bridge that uh, that impact of COVID. But I've also got uh, um, a couple of the businesses, one in particular, that really COVID-19 uh, plays uh, to their, uh, their strengths in terms of digital transformation. Uh, and we've actually, during the, uh, the last uh, four weeks, we've actually recruited into that team uh, in order to very much push that forward and, uh, and get us ready for that growth. We're actually using that, uh, that catalyst of change, if you like, uh, to very much set the business and make sure that we're uh, our businesses are all stronger and ready to come out of COVID nineteen as and when uh, when that happens. Um, I think this, those are two good examples of um, you know how the positive and the negative of what's happening within this crisis, but that there are opportunities um, within it. Um, as an angel investor, yes. though, um, you know what are what are your overall key concerns um, for the industry, for the angel community, for the startups that are out there? What are your main concerns at this time? Uh, I, I guess the concerns uh, beyond the obvious in terms of uh, clearly uh, decisions at this point in time, whether it's uh, it's furlough or uh, or needing to lose uh, team members more permanently. Uh, it, it's it's about uh, making those decisions uh, decisively. Unfortunately, that does uh, uh, and can have some impacts, uh, but it's for the better of the business and the rest of the team, so that hopefully we can, you know, the business is still there and the business is able to come out stronger. Uh, I think the the biggest um, uh, concern is just the uncertainty in terms of the timescale, because obviously we're taking actions and we're taking plans uh, that we've got to really look to. Uh, not just the next two months, so the original three months that were set March, April and May for COVID-19 in terms of the government's uh, activities on furlough. But we've got to very much, I think, take the uh, take the approach that the business is not going to come back. Whatever the business is, it's not going to come back straight away. So we've actually got to deal with that uncertainty, plan for that uncertainty. And in some regards, dig a little bit deeper so that it gives us the time to actually use this time wisely where we can. Uh, with those resources to very much be uh, in the uh, the right position so that we're the first ones out of the block. I think that's a very positive mindset. Um, Jenny, what would you say? Yes, I, I mean, and I think, obviously, because you've got so much experience to bring to this, Nick, I can really see how that is now coming to the fore at this time. And I just wondered if uh, perhaps uh, angels who haven't got that depth of experience as you, some of them may have been only just come into angel investing or really, really quite concerned. Have you got any tips for other angels, you know, in terms of thinking about um, their portfolio and their investments at this time? Yeah, I, I guess the uh, my, my normal way of looking at these things is probably uh, with it being such a significant and, and uncharted uh, position we find ourselves in. Uh, my first thing is probably to assume that it's going to be worse than we first think, um, and that that starts the uh, the, the, the mind frame. Uh, focus on really the key issues and setting the plan in terms of what does this need to look like uh, as and when we're ready to come out of it. Uh, and that hopefully sets the business to be strong and uh, in particularly focused on what we need to be doing and where we need to be positioned when we come out. It's actually given an opportunity for even a lot of the uh, the founders and the, the management teams 
uh, a little bit of time to kind of think about the big picture and uh, what needs to be done and indeed where can we spot the opportunities uh, of the change that's going on at present you know uh, we've got uh, businesses in the the financial services sector with one of my uh, uh, businesses small businesses uh, and they uh, currently are still delivering printed documents uh, through the mail uh, and they uh, they wrangles to say we're really concerned in terms of the the factory may well be just about to shut and we can't get any of our renewals out that's a you know a, a a major insurer that effectively is uh, is not going to be able to communicate to its customers. Uh, and that was an ideal opportunity. That change was a real catalyst to say, we can actually switch it over within a week. We can deliver all your documents electronically using uh, uh, you know modern uh, digital technologies. We can actually do that and extend that journey so that actually we can actually uh, provide e-signature or we can provide uh, uh, return communication, two-way communication with the clients at a time when really the only way and the only access to those customers is often through a smartphone uh, or through uh, another device. I mean, that, that's really great tips, uh, both for the angels and the investors there and, um, and, and the businesses as well that they're backing, because clearly it's all about how you plan ahead and keep those keep that customer base going and that continuing sort of market acquisition, um, isn't it, Nick? So that's a, that's really, yes. really um, yeah. helpful advice at this time. And, and just yeah. kind of for me, obviously, from my position here at UKBA and looking across at the market, um, I see many small businesses uh, that have been looking for investment that are having challenges. And of course, there are many across the north as well that may not be able to find those investors they need. But I was thinking there'll be people listening to you today thinking, well, I've got some spare cash. I've got experience. Um, how might I get engaged with angel investing at this time? And I was just kind of wondering a little bit, thinking about your own background. Um, for people looking at this, you know, did it, would it seem a really risky thing to do at this time? What would you think about the whole risk, risk area here? Yeah, and I think clearly it depends on the the background. But I think for anybody who is looking and thinking that they they quite enjoy business, they've maybe been involved in business and taken an interest in it through their through their careers. Yes, of course, there's risks in in investing in in small businesses that are maybe growing. Uh, but I think my uh, my advice is uh, not to rush in, uh, to start by uh, educating yourself a little bit, uh, start by networking. And there are organizations uh, out there, uh, including yourselves and uh, the likes I've mentioned earlier of DSW, who are, yes. are very keen to develop those networks that allow you to go along. You know, you can you can go along to those uh, those events you can start talking with people. You don't need to invest at that uh, that first meeting, but build up your knowledge of what it means. Maybe then the uh, the, the way, of course, you always start with uh, don't invest anything that you can't afford to lose. Uh, mm -hmm. The old adage that, uh, that rings uh, true all the way. But I think there's lots of people out there you can at least start to, uh, to talk with. Uh, very uh, positive uh, groups that I... Uh, uh, have in my network that we all share ideas, we all share um, uh, opportunities, we work together on opportunities. So I've always got my own net network of turn to people that when I do 
uh, my own due diligence on businesses. I'll get someone in, uh, in uh, to look at the uh, the technology stack uh, of the businesses. Um, of course, there are there are current investment um, uh, routes, uh, EIS, SEIS, uh, that help you to reduce the risk of the investment in terms of if you do lose, then at least uh, you've had some uh, tax reliefs on the way. But I think uh, separate to that, I think firstly be uh, be organised uh, in terms of getting in there, take advices, understand more, and at the end of the day, understand the business and back the team's driving capability uh, before you actually put money in. Uh, I generally wouldn't invest and wouldn't expect to invest in a business uh, as an active uh, uh, investment unless I've spent probably three or four months in the business with the team. You know, that's what I'm doing at present with a business in Edinburgh. Uh, I've spent the last three months. Uh, of course, you don't earn any uh, any money at that stage. It's all investment in understanding the business, working with the team, uh, developing the trust both ways uh, between the team and myself so that we actually then develop a plan that we think is right. And then we can bring, uh, you know, uh, as well as my investment, we, we can bring some other investment as well to bear on that uh, that business to understand this is the, the plan for the business. This is how it actually uh, would work over time. Do we all believe in that? And if the management team and myself uh, and the investors all believe that that's a story that absolutely can work, then uh, you know that is what becomes the uh, the plan and the investment to take it to the next step of the journey. I think that was a really helpful overview of the angel process for anyone who doesn't know how to do this and thinking how they move forward. Um, and really, as you say, getting to know the business and knowing how you can not just put your money there, but how you can help them grow um, is, as you yes. said, really important. Uh, just a, a little word. You mentioned um, the tax breaks. Um, how helpful have you found the enterprise investment scheme and the seed enterprise investment scheme and just helping kind of offset some of those risks and concerns you might have as an investor. Do you find that has been a helpful scheme for you? Yeah, I think the uh, probably the most helpful schemes, uh, not for angels, is, is something like EMI, which a lot of people uh, hopefully yes. if they go through this journey whilst they're employed. Uh, then EMI is a is a great scheme that that really works for uh, for current employees. Um, I think once you get there, obviously that's not uh, not available for uh, um, uh, the likes of uh, myself as an angel uh, because I'm not full time in a business and uh, uh, really just uh, as a non exec role uh, that's not appropriate. But I think EIS and SEIS uh, at least does fill a part of that to manage a little bit the the risk. It doesn't take the risk away. It doesn't no. change the fact that you've still got to do all your homework before you get in there. But if you're actually uh, prone to and you think that this is the sort of thing that you'd like to do, you think you've got some skills to add. And, and by the way, it's not just uh, financing skills uh, that angels can bring. There's lots of other skills, sales and marketing skills or uh, technology skills that often in these businesses, uh, you know, you do need somebody to actually understand those and be able to put their perspectives on that. Uh, and so, you know, by working and networking with other people, there's always something you can bring. Of course, there needs to be a, a, a financial plan and an investment uh, plan that needs to be built, uh, which uh, is, is more akin to my skill sets. But as I say, 
I often do bring in the technology or the sales and marketing people to actually say, how would we do this? How do we build a sales and marketing plan? Uh, how do we build a digital marketing plan? Those are things that maybe you know some some angels can do starting on a on, on a lower basis in terms of investment, but cut your teeth on it and develop it and work out that it, it actually is something that you can add uh, tremendous value through, uh, and then that allows you to go on a bit of a journey. No, that's that's really great insight. And then just one final point from me at this moment, and that is, you you obviously you talk about we, so you don't invest on your own as an angel what do you recommend that people should always be joining a syndicate joining with other angels particularly in the early stages of their investing yeah i i think that a blend of uh, i often say I, I know that i don't have all of the answers so i like to work with the management team who can bring the sectoral uh, expertise and knowledge i like to work with the uh, uh, other uh, other parties whether it's technology or sales and marketing as i've already mentioned uh, but I also like the fact that uh, I go into every investment on the basis that likelihood is you put uh, uh, an amount of uh, investment aside that allows you to grow to a certain uh, stage. How much of that investment you want, is, want uh, to take is then your dependency in terms of how much risk you want to take. But I always work on the basis that the likelihood is you invest to get to a certain point in the journey and then I would always uh, set an expectation that if you want to then grow it, if you want to scale it, if you want to uh, enter new markets, that's then a natural opportunity to follow on. And therefore, what I wouldn't do is go in with a mindset that says, I've just got uh, X to invest. Let's just put me X in. And I assume that then I'll, I'll walk away. That's not the way that this works. You put X in to get a, a part of the journey complete get to a certain point that you agree to get to, and then there's a, a follow-on sort of requirement more often than not to then say, okay, let's go to the next stage. We've proven the product. We've proven we can get to the market. We've proven the proposition and the pricing. All of these are steps, uh, you know, businesses just don't get to from nothing to uh, uh, 100 million uh, overnight. They don't do that in one step. Everything is in small steps, and it's about making sure you just bite off what you can choose to start with, do the bits that you can actually proof that model to get to the next stage. That increases the value of the business. And then at least, even if you're following on, you've increased the value of that business for everybody involved, the management team and the investors. And then everybody who's able uh, is willing to then go the next step and put in again to do a follow on. Fantastic. And um, over to you, Trish. That was a great insight, Nick. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Nick. I think it was great advice and, and uh, sharing your expertise for other prospective angels out there. But let's go back to you. Um, you know, you're a, a very active angel investor in the community. But like over the next few months, like how do you see your life and your sort of business uh, investments development? Do you think there will be opportunities for you to find exciting, innovating, you know, small businesses to back once this crisis is over? Like what does that look like for you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I've got to say that um, I, I always see that there's going to be uh, interesting uh, opportunities and great opportunities coming out uh, where, wherever there's change in the way that, uh, that things happen. Uh, COVID-19, to a large extent, will probably uh, uh, wash out a number of uh, inefficient businesses, uh, which will always open up the opportunity for new ideas and new businesses. Uh, and, and from that perspective, 
solid teams are always going to come back. Yeah, of course, uh, not necessarily in the next uh, next few months. There will be a small number of businesses that uh, that create a business plan out of uh, this crisis. A lot of digital transformation, but I think what it will do, um, referred to, you know, the catalyst for change. I do think in the in, in the tech side uh, in particular, there are going to be opportunities for models to move on and very much become uh, a new model and a new opportunity uh, uh, going forward. So absolutely, I see lots of opportunity uh, for investments. There's going to be good people that are going to uh, be pushed out of businesses because of the current problems. Um, those people, if they put their mind to it, you know, they know that they've got some great skill sets and that, that will be the birth of a lot of small businesses that are out there looking for money, uh, that are out there with an, a great idea uh, and a plan. And those are the ones that we need to spot in terms of being able to support them and grow a new generation of very strong businesses. Uh, and that, you know, that's very exciting uh, for me to, uh, to, to hopefully be a, a, a part of their journey as well. Oh, incredibly encouraging to hear as well, Jenny. Yeah, I just thought just to kind of um, kind of wrap up a bit now, Nick, and kind of uh, while we're looking forward, um, just kind of thinking about um, how we can as at UKBA and most importantly how as we work with government, what we can get government to do to really keep uh, people like yourselves and help others who we really need now right across the north, more people to think of getting involved in angel investing to be able to be ready to take on those those great new businesses, as you say, that will emerge from here. What do you think that um, yeah. could be done you know, to help? Yeah, and, and, and I think it's uh, between government and between uh, organisations uh, uh, such as uh, y- yourselves, uh, Jenny, I think there's a, the, the big ones are a number one awareness of the opportunity um, educating is uh, absolutely the right thing, uh, and, uh, and putting resources into edu- allowing people to go to uh, to get that education, to get that understanding, to get that support. And I think uh, you know what we've uh, we've done with DSW, and they've done a, a great job of it, um, uh, is actually uh, opening up that opportunity. Uh, putting their arm around, so they they're very active in uh, in managing the portfolio companies uh, and doing a lot of the the handholding. Uh, so as an investor, you're not on your own when you put a little bit of investment in. They allow you to put a small uh, piece of investment in because they divide it over a number of angels. They create the opportunity for the network to develop. And you know, I think uh, organisations uh, like yourself do lots of great things in terms of putting uh, whether it's webinars or uh, or events together that allow people to kind of start that journey, get into that journey, understand it a little bit, use the skills of other people within that same network uh, and organisations such as DSW to kind of just tie it all together, take you on the journey, get you to understand uh, the steps of the journey before maybe you're in a position to to do it a little bit more with your own involvement, uh, but at least you're learning through that whole process. And of course, during that time, in terms of trying to keep uh, monies uh, flowing into these new ideas, um, that's 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 really the government's uh, task to keep doing and uh, and offering the uh, the incentives to make sure that uh, for taking that risk, there at least is some uh, some uh, cooperation. Uh, financially and some contribution financially 
uh, whether it be uh, by way of uh, tax uh, incentives, at least it says rather than just leave it in a, a bank, which is very un unexciting at present, uh, there's very few uh, areas where you can get yields these days. Uh, they clamp down even on uh, on on uh, property and buy to let, as we all know. Uh, it really just opens up the opportunity, but I think more support, more education and ongoing support uh, and refinement of the incentives is really uh, what the, the government uh, can help uh, do, especially in this, this, this really tough time. Oh, well, thank you, Nick. I mean, that I, I totally agree that it's a partnership between us all, isn't it? Because we can all work Absolutely. on this. We can all bring our, our, our money, our support, um, as you say, tax incentives, all the all the different things that we know we can do now to help build and grow an effective angel market to support all the great businesses, including your, your own portfolio and all the great businesses that, that are out there. So thank you so much yeah. for that great encouragement. Yeah, really helpful. No, absolutely. Really helpful. And I think, you know, that that absolutely is, uh, is I think, the uh, the leaving message that, you know, um, it's uh, it's being there to support the uh, the next generations with the great ideas, uh, and I think uh, recognition of angels uh, as part of that process to actually pass on the knowledge, pass on the financial support to those future business. And I think, however, the government uh, and the organisations can recognise that and support it has to be a great thing. Thank you so much. I mean, that's really great because that's, you know, that's the note we'd like to end on. We'd like many more people out there, uh, particularly all those uh, great people across the north, to uh, identify that this is a great time to put their money to help those great small businesses that are out there um, and, you know, much needed help and support and for the future to grab all those great opportunities. So thank you so Absolutely. much, Nick. And I'd just hand over to Trish now to kind of do some closing remarks. Thanks so much for your help today. You're very welcome. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you, Jenny. And thank you, Nick. Um, I think there's been some really robust um, conversation here and advice and direction in terms of what angels and startups can be doing at this time. Um, Jenny, um, I think that the UK Business Angels have launched another campaign this week to, to help. Um, just before we close up, do you want to just briefly tell everybody about it? Yes, thank you. I mean, it's it, we, we've we've been working with many partners now to try and make things happen. So we've got a we launched a campaign alongside alongside CrowdCube and alongside many of the great uh, players out there, um, the Entrepreneur Network, and uh, many of our many of our colleagues and friends to really just say um, it's a really we should be thinking of our startups right now. We need we need government to help. Uh, we need local people to help. And uh, there's a great petition out there called Save Our Startups. If you if you want to sign it, we'd all we'd all love you to help. But this is a time for us all to pull together. And I think that's really the message we want to put out there for businesses, investors and, and all of those of us working in this market right now. And how can people find that petition if they want to start? Uh, um, it, if you go on to it's, it's called Save Our Startups. If you go out there, you will you will uh, you will find that that link. Um, and uh, there's a little drop down uh, uh, petition that you can sign. Yeah. Perfect. Um, thank you both for joining me today. Um, I hope that the advice that you've given today will help those startups who are in that funding um, raising period and also the businesses that are being supported by angels um, get a little bit less uh, stressed during this period and have a better night's sleep. Thank you. Thank you. Present.